Weinstein. And I'm Craig Resnovitz. And we are filling in for Mike Boxer, who is not injured, on the Colcast, the best and only Jewish acapella podcast on the iTunes podcast library. We are so excited to be with you guys. We've got tons of exciting news and music to play for you today. So let's get to it. We'd like to get the ball rolling by paying homage to our host, Mike Boxer, and another previous guest host of the show, Jordan B. Gorfinkel. This song was written and produced by Mike and Gorf for Jordan's previous Yom Tov Acapella Treasury album, which came out before last year's Sphera Acapella season. We were actually honored to be featured with our group 613 on this track, as well as Jordan's original group, Bitachon, uh, really the trailblazers of our genre, amongst the first to really do what what all of you guys are doing now. Exactly. It was a real privilege to sing on this track, and we're excited to bring it to you here. This is Kenny Kanes. Enjoy. <laughs>
That was Kenny Canes by Bitachon and 613. Once again, we really appreciate the opportunity to be uh, featured on a track with the great Bitachon. And you can get this track and the rest of the tracks on the Yom Tov Acapella Treasury at any Judaica store, on iTunes, anywhere Jewish acapella is sold. Now, continuing on with the theme of original songs by Jewish acapella artists, uh, we'd like to play something from a brand new album from our good friends and colleagues, The Maccabees. Their album came out very recently, um, right before Pesach, this year's current Sphere season, and it's called One Day More. And this track was written by one of our friends, Yonatan Shefa. It's called Eshet Chayel. And it was arranged by someone you may be familiar with. His name is Mike Boxer, and he runs this podcast. This song was originally recorded for Yonatan's wedding as a non-acapella track, and was then rearranged by Deke with Hanina to be featured on the Maccabees' new album. It's a new tune for the traditional text of Eshet Chayel, and we hope you enjoy it. Eshet Chayel
That was Aisha Chayel by Yonatan Sheffa and the Maccabees on their newest album, One Day More, now available in all Judaica stores, iTunes, Spotify, all those wonderful places wherever Jewish music is sold. Wow, that was really beautiful. Great job to Yonatan and the Maccabees. So the Maccabees actually started as a regular collegiate a cappella group, as many of our listeners are a part of. And uh, to all of you collegiate singers out there, we'd just like to say congratulations on the end of a great semester and really a great year in Jewish collegiate a cappella. So now we actually wanted to talk about the side of collegiate a cappella, which goes unnoticed. And it's the part behind the scenes, the arrangements. We don't think it's fair. Yeah. Grr. What's your deal? But seriously, Craig and I have each arranged a couple of songs for groups that we are a part of, most notably Tizmoret from Queens College, and we wanted to take a look at a couple of arrangements and see what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what kind of things we wanted to point out to the listeners. And we thought something that could be really cool is taking two a cappella covers by collegiate groups of the same song and kind of doing a little dissecting of the arrangements and uh, to compare and contrast some of the different choices made by the arrangers on the track. Right. The song we decided to feature in honor of Yom Ha'atzmaut is the Israeli song by Shai Gabso, Arim Roshi. This beautiful ballad was featured on the Maccabees' debut album, Voices from the Heights, as well as the Tizmorad album, Sounds in My Head. The Maccabees' version was arranged by Hanina Abramowitz, who also helped pen Eshet Chayel, and the Tizmorad version was arranged by Daniel Hankin, the group's veteran music director. The original recording began with a really heartfelt, beautiful melody for the introduction, uh, and both of the groups really had some interesting takes on that. So let's listen to how they each handled the intro, starting with the Maccabees. <laughs> Okay, and now we'll hear Tizmoret's version of the intro. So it sounds really, really great so far. I love this song. Yeah. So, Craig, what do you think about um, some of the differences between the two versions of the intro? I definitely noticed that the Maccabees take this tune at a slower tempo than Tismoret. Uh, it's really nice, and it gives it this nice flowy and kind of atmospheric feel, um, which goes along with some of the vowel choices that they used. Right. That's that's what I was going to focus on. I think the Maccabees um, use a lot of a lot of open sort of vowels. Right. You know, nothing really driving because yeah. they're creating this this 
um, atmosphere and the sense. Yeah, and Tismoret's interpretation of this tune, uh, it's, it's a little bit more up-tempo. Uh, it, there's more rhythmic stuff going on, uh, which is a little bit more similar to the original, but, you know, it's definitely... Uh, you got to hand it to them for sticking close to what it sounded like, but you also have to really appreciate that the Maccabees kind of took it and have their own little twist on the song. Right. Um, another thing I noticed, actually, is that the Maccabees start the melody right away, whereas Tizmoret waits a little bit before they get into that melody. Yeah, the, the, the Maccabees decided to just dive right in. Tizmoret has this uh, kind of setup thing happening where you're anticipating... Um, the melody for the intro and also anticipating the sounds that are going to be occurring behind it. Right. I think that probably has to do with the way the Maccabees treat it um, as a more ambient kind of song, whereas Tizmorit has to set up the rhythm that they're going to use throughout the rest of the song. Yeah, I really think that both Hanina and Daniel made some great choices here because it makes a lot of sense for Tizmorit to kind of set up their quicker paced arrangement with a little bit of a of an intro to the intro Right. Uh, yeah. But the Maccabees, knowing that their song is a little bit slower, they, they want to keep it a little bit more direct and they don't want it to drag or get boring. So they really jump right in with the beginning of the melody. Exactly. All right. Let's let's take a listen to a different part of the song and see what choices the two groups made. We'll go to the chorus and see what happens there. And here's how Tismora decided to take the chorus. I think both groups really continued thematically from where they left off in the intro. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the Maccabees, we talked about how they had a more atmospheric kind of sound in the intro. With a lot of open vowel sounds and really, really nicely voiced, lush chords. Yeah, so that continues through the chorus. You know, they change the syllable to ah, and it really opens up the song. There are some O's and some ahs, and really just a lot of the color tones and suspensions are very tasteful, and uh, they're... Really, really nice. Right. Tizmoret's arrangement in the chorus is a little bit different. It varies from section to section. Um, they also use the ahs, but only after a little bit of a buildup with some percussive syllables, like yeah. Bono that we heard. Yeah, Tizmoret's version of this song 
really has a lot of motion and it always sounds like it's sort of progressing towards a goal or moving towards a certain place and this continues through to the end of the song which is really cool on the other hand what the Maccabees do is that is every moment is sort of its own thing and you're appreciating the beauty of the particular chord or moment that that they're singing right something that you mentioned before we we're talking about the tempo that the groups take the song at so the Maccabees are doing it a little bit slower um, which also allows them some creativity because they can add extra chords in between. Yeah, there, there are some chord changes in the Maccabees version of this song that are not found in the Tismoret version. Tismoret kind of sticks more to the changes of Shai Gobso's original, which has that slightly more rushed feel to it. Right. One, one of the cool things about Tismoret that we touched on before is that the, the buildup to those open ahs um, leads sort of to, to a big payoff. You know, when you actually do get to the ahs, the, all the percussive syllables leave you wanting that open, empty space. Yeah, there's definitely a big sense of tension and then the release of that tension. And that's something that, especially in the arrangement of softer or ballady type stuff, uh, is something that I personally appreciate a lot. And one other thing about the choices that the different groups made, which also goes really hand in hand with their kind of philosophy on the song, is that Tismort decided to include some vocal percussion uh, in their mix of this song, and uh, the Maccabees went uh, totally a cappella, and it's got a, more of a natural vocal sound. Right. The cool thing about that is that you sort of see each group and each arranger had a vision, and they really stuck to it throughout the whole song. So the Maccabees really keep that atmospheric style and Tizmoret really keeps that percussive rhythmic version of the song and both groups are really following that through to the end. So there's a part of the original song towards the end where actually in, in the Shai Gabsa recording, I believe it's like a Khalil, a Middle Eastern kind of flute, plays the melody uh, for the chorus and both groups decided to have a take on this section and include it in their arrangement as opposed to just leaving out the instrumental parts. So let's take a listen to how each group dealt with that section of the song. Tismoret's version of that. beautiful yeah both of those endings were quite stunning yeah something i actually noticed um which you may have noticed many of you listeners is that the two groups tackled that ending that instrumental section very differently definitely the maccabees decided to add the melody which was sung beautifully by hanina abramowitz 
just on a na-na syllable as opposed to with the words. And I think the differentiation between the way it was sung to the words and the way he was singing it as more of an instrumental part was really nicely done. Yeah, it's something a lot of groups sort of struggle with, you know, how do you tackle an instrumental part of a song, like a guitar solo or a flute solo? And the Maccabees really did a nice job of making that section very human and very vocal. Yeah, he gave it that real nice Middle Eastern feel. Um, and that was something that ever since the first time I heard this song, I was very impressed by and really resonated with me that the, the way he was singing stylistically was so perfect for that moment in the song. Right. Tizmoritz's uh, approach was a little different. They went with um, letting the arrangement continue and, and do the parts and the background parts that were happening before and just letting them shine, have like a little spotlight on that. Yeah. Um, they actually took the melody out entirely and just had the backgrounds for the chorus as heard previously in the song. Uh, but I really think that this highlights the beauty of the arrangement. You really kind of get to hear all the intricacies of the harmonies and the rhythms and syllables and the, just the group sound is really phenomenal. And you could hear that same tension and release as we heard before, uh, but here it's not even masked by a, a lead vocal. And it's just really, really nice to let the arrangement speak for itself like that. Yeah, something really nice that I noticed is that both groups really took the same approach all the way at the end of the song, and they leave the listener with a really ethereal sense of what's going on. The chords kind of just wash over you, and it's really, really beautiful to leave you with that lasting taste. I feel like we know a musical director who may use some similar terminology to you. <laughs> that may be true. Nice use of the word ethereal, Morty. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. He who understands shall understand. Exactly. Anyhow, it, the endings were really both very nice. Um, ending on interesting chords with color tones, not just your standard triad, which I really appreciate. And I know my colleague Morty kind of feels the same way. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. The other cool thing is that uh, Tizmorit leaves with a little bit of a, of a word, spoken word part. Yeah. Where the lead vocalist sings, which literally means from where will my help come? Yeah. Well, Actually, it's very interesting because in the intro of the song, remember how Tizmora kind of composed their own little part and they have sort of a pre-intro, which serves the purpose of setting the stage for what their sound is going to be throughout the rest of the song. At the end of the song, they actually took a similar approach. Uh, Tizmora decided to kind of compose their own little ending to the song, which has some really nice pretty chords and some nice dynamics. They take it down to a softer volume. Uh, also... Really, there's a very nice kind of call and response happening between the full choir and the lead vocalist, uh, and I just thought that that was a really kind of inspired little piece. Where, yeah, it was It was really nice. Yeah. I, I agree. And in the Maccabees version, they kind of just take it out uh, the way Shai Gobso did in the original. Um, they just go through with the melody, the flute part, until the end, and uh, they have a really, really nice colorful chord at the end, and it's a little bit more straightforward and true to the original. Right. Well, got to hand it to both arrangers, to Daniel Hankin with Tizmoritz's version and Hanina Abramowitz with the Maccabees version. Both arrangements really, really beautiful, really yeah. highlight the beauty of the song. Great arrangements from two very, very talented arrangers who we've heard a lot from and we're excited to hear a lot more from in the years to come. Amen. All right, let's talk about something we didn't quite get a chance to discuss yet. It was the season of Sphera Acapella Parodies, a popular time for all acapella groups. Um, we know that's a distant memory at this point, and now we're in the three weeks. But a lot of people listen to exclusively acapella now anyway, so really we did you a favor, and you're welcome. But 
In the spirit of Pesach and Passover, we want to bring you a little shameless plugging, but 613 put out our own parody this year, and you may recognize the song. It may have been really popular. It may still be very popular. If you have small children, then it's definitely really popular. Yes, and if you haven't seen it yet, watch it now. It's called Chosen. And if you have seen it already, kindly change the IP address of your computer and please watch it again. And send it to more people. It currently has a whole bunch of views on YouTube and we're really proud of it. It was arranged by Ben Bram, who does arranging for Pentatonix. They're Some, really good. <laughs> they are really good. And uh, so without further ado, this is Chosen, our Passover medley. By 
Um, as always, and probably more than ever, our thoughts and our prayers are, of course, with the people of Israel and the soldiers who are fighting to keep our homeland safe. Um, though we're stuck in the West, our hearts and our minds are always in the East, always in Israel, because it is our home. And we hope for a peaceful resolution to this conflict, and we hope it comes soon. Thank you all so much for listening. It's really been a pleasure being your guest hosts for this month's episode. Yes, it has. Maybe we'll get to do it again sometime. Yeah, that would actually be great, Morty. Hey, Mike, if you're listening, maybe let us do it again yeah, sometime. Yeah, maybe next month you can find some other plans. Yeah, maybe a new job or something. Some other obligations. Hmm, obligations. Anyway, that's all for this month's Coldcast News. We hope to see all of you next month for another thrilling edition. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? Mm-hmm.